Hope Murley's only wrote one fantasy novel, but it is one of the finest in the English language. The country of Dorimer, fundamentally English, although with Flemish and Dutch threads in the weave, expelled magic and fancy when it banished hunchbacked libertine Duke Aubrey and his court two hundred years before our tale starts. The prosperous and illusion-free burghers of the town swear by toasted cheese crumbs as easily as by the sun, moon, stars, and golden apples of the West. Fairy has become, explicitly, obscenity. But fairy fruit is still being smuggled over the border from fairyland. Eating it gives strange visions and can drive people to madness and beyond. The fruit is so illegal that it cannot even be named. Smugglers of fruit are punished for smuggling silk, as if the changing of the name will change the thing itself. The mayor of Lud in the Mist, Nat Chanticleer, is less prosaic than he would have others believe. His life is a fiction he subscribes to, or would like to, of a sensible life like everyone else's, and particularly like the dead that he admires. His world is a shallow thing, though, as he will soon learn. Without his knowledge, his young son, Ranulf, has been fed fairy fruit. Now the fairy world, which is also, as in all the oldest folk tales, the world of the dead, begins to claim the town. A puck named Willy Wisp spirits away the lovely young ladies of Miss Crabapple's Academy, four young ladies, over the hills and far away. Chanticleer stumbles upon the fruit smugglers, and his life takes a turn for the worse. Duke Aubrey is sighted. Old murders will out. And in the end, Chanticleer must cross the elfin marshes to rescue his son. The book begins as a travelogue or a history, becomes a pastoral, a low comedy, a high comedy, a ghost story, and a detective story. The writing is elegant, supple, effective, and haunting. The author demands a great deal from her readers, which she repays many times over. The magic of Lud in the Mist is built from English folklore. It is not such a great step from Aubrey to Oberon, after all. Willie Wisps, ho, ho, ho! is Robin Goodfellow's, from a song they say Ben Jonson wrote. And it will not come as a surprise to the folklorist that old Portunus says nothing and eats live frogs. The Lily, Germander and Sops in Wine song is first recorded in the 17th century under the name of Robin Goodfellow or the Hobgoblin. I have seen editions of Lud in the Mist which proclaim it to be a thinly disguised parable for the class struggle. Had it been written in the 1960s, it would, I have no doubt, have been seen as a tale about mind expansion. But it seems to me that this is, most of all, a book about reconciliation, the balancing and twining of the mundane and the miraculous. We need both. After all, it is a little golden miracle of a book, adult in the best sense, and, as the best fantasy should be, far 
from reassuring.